The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Listen up, kiddies. Are you ready? Welcome to the revolution. Showtime. For over 16 years, your outdoor radio source. I just found out I got chiggers. <laughs> A voice for freedom and the American spirit. Makes you proud to be an American. A beacon of hope. Isn't that fantastic? Live from America's heartland, the revolution with Jim and Trev is on the air now. Awesome. Awesome. Presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, in my outdoor TV. On your feet, everybody. Road Trip 2020. On today's show. With Lynn Tiffany. Bukowski's. Plus Carter Andrews and his obsession. He's a fisherman. Don't forget Tom Somerville. Great hair. Mrs. Bonnie, you're masculine enough. I think we could be a boy band. Probably. <laughs> that was I, was, I was wondering, you know, is that your chest voice? Is that your head voice falsetto? And if you were, if you had to identify with one of them, which Jonas brother would you be? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like, like range wise, are you, are you like a bass, a, a baritone? Do any of them have Ever? bass? Maybe you're a soprano. I'm not entirely sure. I don't think any of. I, to be fair, I think you're right. I don't think any of them are a bass. But the the most upsetting part is that you think I identify. With the Jonas no, Brothers. No, no, no. I said, <laughs> and it's really the I Bee Gees. said if you had to, is what I said. I'd probably be the small one, the yeah. little one. I don't know. What's the one this? that seems something about being a sucker for you. Yeah, that yes. guy. Yeah. That guy. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the best out of all of them. All right, so we are talking road trip 2020. Uh, spring hunting and fishing on today's show. Mrs. Bunny, we do have a great show lined up. I'm, we I'm, do. I said Mrs. Bunny, and I'm pointing at you, Jimbo. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, all right, so who we got? Hey, we got Carter Andrews, the host of The Obsession of Carter Andrews. Also, Lee and Tiffany Likoski with The Crush with T and Liffany. Yeah, T and Liffany are going to be here. Uh, and so is Mrs. Jimbo. Uh, and Tom Somerville, he's a Super Duty brand manager at Ford Motor Company. Mrs. Bunny, you're also going to stick around and actually talk to us. You betcha, boys. All right, Mrs. Bunny, what are you going to talk about? A spring coyote hunting. All right, here's Mrs. Bunny. It's our road trip 2020. This is going to be awesome. Now, here's the one and only Mrs. Bunny, brought to you by Yamaha's proven off-road ATVs and side-by-side vehicles. Check them out at YamahaMotorsports.com. All right, so I apologize during that brief intro. Um, Mrs. Bunny, yeah. take it away. Spring coyote hunting. Okay, December to March, depending on where you're at in the country, this is coyote breeding season, which means the coyotes are going to be denning up really soon. Average gestation period for a coyote is about 60 days. So We actually Googled that earlier. Oh, did we you? Did. We seriously okay. did. Well, there you and go. What did you say a whale was? 18 months or something. Yeah, it's crazy. That's a long time. Yeah. Elephant's two years. As someone who's been pregnant, that is a long <laughs> time. Yeah, and a white, a white tail is like 200 and how many days? 201 days. 201 days. Okay, to be fair, like yeah, you guys are been... like marveling. I've been pregnant four times, okay? <laughs> so, so why don't you add like... that crap up and give me some so you've credit? Been, you've been pregnant <laughs> four years. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> She's been pregnant the whole time I've known Anyways, her. Okay, so the right. average gestation of a coyote is about 60 days. That means based on when the breed was you're going to have coyote pups 
to drop anywhere from mid-March to mid-May, and this time closely coincides with when whitetail fawns are dropping, and this is where predation can kind of hit a fever pitch. So in general, some general info on coyotes. Um, there are two types of coyotes, residents and transients. Yeah. Residents, they maintain their territories. They have an average about seven square miles. Transients, they move around the landscape. They look for open territories. Usually uh, more than 25 square miles can be up to 100 miles or more that they roam trying to find somewhere. When a resident coyote is shot, trapped, or otherwise killed, then a transient quickly fills the void. Um, in a matter it's of, like almost immediately. In a matter of days. Not We're not yeah. talking weeks or months. We're talking days. So more than 35% of all coyotes on the landscapes, and this is this study was done over on the east side. This is something that came out of QDMA on the east side of the country. More than 35% of all the coyotes on the landscape are transients, which has a significant impact for managers that are trying to trap and remove coyotes. Because essentially, if you remove a transient coyote, you've done nothing to impact your local dynamic or population. Because the locals are still there. Right. And if you remove a resident, a transient's quickly going to fill that void. So knowing that transiency is a really big part of the coyote life cycle around, it kind of complicates the ability to manage coyotes and their abundance at a local level. Okay, so the way that coyotes impact the deer population um, as it relates to eating them, um, they found, they did this study where they were um, looking at their scat and then they dissect the scat and they took the hairs, looked at them under a microscope and they looked at how long the hairs were so they could tell what the hair was. If it was... Um, if it was long, it was a girl. What? Yeah. <laughs> no, what animal it was from. Thank you. And they could tell if it was an adult deer or a fawn. So they found that on average, oh, wow. packs consume, we're talking about packs here, packs consume 29 pounds of adult deer per month. Oh, this 29 con- pounds? Right. This consumption ranges from one pound a month to sometimes one pound to 60 pounds, kind of depending on the area where you're at. Overall, deer were the single most important prey item as deer were the most frequently identified in the scat. And I sent you guys graphs and I know that everyone else can't see, but if you go to <coughs> QDMA, you can see on a month to month level, they have a, a real nice bar graph. You can see that deer make up the bulk of their diet and the weight of the, what they found in their scat. Likewise, consumption of fawns, when they're available, they average about four pounds per pack, but range from zero to 13. Across an entire year, the packs consume an average about 600 pounds of deer, and that ranges from 120 to 1,000 pounds per pack, depending on the need of the pack in that area, I well, guess. And you think about it, a pack consumes that seven square miles. Right. So I every, could be a pack and a half guy. Yeah. Every seven <laughs> square miles consumes 29 pounds of venison. Yeah. On, on the month. low side. Yeah. On the low side. That's, um, if you if you think about that. It brings it closer to home. Crazy. It really does. So they find that less vegetation density translates directly to deer showing up in coyotes diets more. So that resonates with land and man and landowners and managers like as it suggests that you really need to be paying attention to how much cover you're providing on your land because maintaining dense fawning cover is going to allow deer to um, escape coyotes more quickly when they're being pursued. And so that's something that uh, people really have to think about. So anyways, um, in order to some have some sort of an impact on the coyote population in the spring months, since it's not like the winter, um, you need to sit on your stand longer to give the curiosity of roaming coyotes a chance to come and investigate your sounds, change up your calling tactics, focus less on prey and distress, and start using more coyote vocals, um, sounds and calls that will bring them out on territorial or curiosity responses. Um, when they start to den up, use a lone coyote howl to locate the dens, uh, do it at night, um, mark where, where the sounds are coming from, where the calls are coming from, and how many you're getting, and then go back the next morning and slip in under the cover of darkness, and then you'll have a better chance of getting them. Once you're set up, 
how you often get aggressive males, sometimes females that come over to check out what they think is encroaching. And puppy in distress is going to be really effective this time of year. It mimics the sound of a wounded crying puppy um, that uh, sends them in on their maternal and paternal instincts to see what is hurting their crying puppy. Holy cow, that's good information, Mrs. Bunny. You betcha, guys. Yeah, do you know how to tell the difference between a resident and a transient coyote? Passport? No, you have to listen closely because the transient sings... Nice. Gosh, I'm going to have to listen for that next time. (laughs) Hi, so we're talking Road Trip 2020 Spring Hunting and Fishing on today's show. Coming up next. Hey, we got Carter Andrews with the obsession of Carter Andrews. Exactly. Outdoor Channel Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern Time. Mrs. Bunny, thank you so much for sticking around. Bet you boys, I'll see you then. You're listening to The Revolution with Jim and Trav. And now, some highlights from the show. Don't be so obnoxious. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh. Hmm, that's kind of sad. Uh. Don't move. More thrilling outdoor radio when The Revolution with Jim and Trav. That is true, yes. Yeah. Continues next. Break the law. We got a uh, suspect here that's taken multiple deer. Face the badge. Well, I'm telling you, oh. you're going to end up in jail. Sworn to protect America's greatest natural resources. Now, you've had a history with us, haven't you? They are wildlife's last defense. The issue was, he just got greedy. He had caught in the wrong. You're going to lose everything. It ain't worth it. Ride along with Wardens. All new season, Mondays at 8.30 p.m., only on Outdoor Channel. It's hook set season at Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's. Time to prep, do the research, hit the water, find the perfect spot, and set the hook. Gear up for fishing at Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's with top brands like Johnny Morris Rod and Reels, XPS, and Nitro, along with in-store events and seminars. Your adventure starts here. Shop in-store or online. The Revolution with Jim and Travis back with with Road Trip 2020. The very concept is unimaginable. Now let's kick off a two-parter with Carter Andrews, host of The Obsession of Carter Andrews on Outdoor Channel, Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern, presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and by Outdoor TV. This is part one. Hey, we're back. We're talking Road Trip 2020 on this week's show. That's spring hunting and fishing. That's right, Jimbo. And before the break, we had Mrs. Bunny on talking about late season coyote hunting. That's right. But right now, we're being joined by the hardcore angler of America. That is Mr. Carter Andrews, the host of The Obsession of Carter Andrews on Outdoor Channel, Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern Time. You are kind of like the Hell's Angels of the fishing world, Mr. Carter. You're a hardcore dude. You know, that's the reason why I like you guys. You always come up with something good to say. I've never had uh, been called the Hell's Angels of Fishing, but um, yeah, that's great. I like that. Yeah, you got these little wings coming out of the side of your head. I'm going to tell you what. For the place that you go all over literally the world and go fishing. But, yes, sir. But it's amazing how you just like assimilate to wherever you are. And it, it's like one of your the natives. One of the family. It doesn't matter. It seems like you fit right in. I like the way that you're able to see that. I don't know. It's part of my personality, but it's also, I think, just part of the fishing. I've had so many different experiences that when I get to a new place, I'm able to pull from previous experiences, you know, to help make that experience, you know, the new experience a little bit better. Yeah, well, and I, I also, I love people and all of these great destinations. 
you're typically finding some really good people and unique characters. So that that all makes it worthwhile. Yeah, well, you know, you kind of like Man Mountain Cannon when you go into those villages down in Central America and even in South America. Uh, you get thousands of kids around you. I mean, it must be kind of exciting to let them cast every once in a while and so forth to uh, teach them how to do something they've never done before. I enjoy that part of it, but I also, they get to teach me a little bit. I remember one in particular, I was in Bolivia, and these kids taught me how to shoot their traditional bow and arrow, which is far from anything that, you know, we shoot these days, but it was, uh, you know, they're really good at it, and I was really bad at it. (laughs) (laughs) And then you pulled out your compound bow. (laughs) Now, since you have been everywhere, is it hard to still find that enthusiasm, excitement uh, that you had all along? Is the thrill still there of the chase and the entire experience? You brought up a great point. They're all wonderful experiences, and each one of them is their own and have their own place. But this year, about three weeks ago, I just got back from an island 400 miles off the coast of Chile Whoa. called Robinson Crusoe. And, Must be and yes, Elmer that's Fudd's brother. Partly they say the book was based on a guy that was in the, the early 1700s that was marooned on that island, whether it's totally true or not, but it's, they say the book was based off of it. His name was Selkirk. But uh, anyhow, that is probably one of the more unique uh, places I've been. And nobody's really heard of it. It's, uh, there's a small little village on the one island, the archipelago of Juan Fernandez and one little village of about 900 people that, you know, make their living off of the sea. And I've been to a lot of great places, but that is one I'm already planning to go back to next year in January. Well, you talk about remote, that 400 miles off the coast of South America, that has got to be really, really remote. And to think that they thrive out there. They uh, they do really well. You know, they're living off the sea and the amount of, of fish around this island, they've managed that themselves. I mean, they are part of Chile, but uh, this group of individuals has managed their fishery out there there's a lobster that's indigenous only to that archipelago, and that's the main commercial fishing there. But there are a couple species as well, and there's a sea lion that's indigenous to there, an octopus that's indigenous to there. Wow. I don't know if you've eaten octopus before, but the octopus there feeds off of the lobsters, and that lobster uh, or that octopus is one of the best octopus I've ever had. If you know me, you know I love food, so when I say it's good octopus, I promise you it's good octopus. <laughs> All right, Mr. Carter Andrews, the host of The Obsession of Carter Andrews on Outdoor Channel, Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern Time. I don't know if you ever heard of, like, a Roy D. Mercer. He used to do the prank calls. He's like, how big of a boy are you? Um, you are. You just exude confidence. When you look at you yourself, you're a man's man, okay? I mean, you are, like, grizzly. You're well-educated, well-traveled. And so you have a lot of experience, Mr. Carter. But have you ever been in a situation in these remote places where you thought, what the hell did I get myself into? Have you ever had that moment? Uh, I mean, I can honestly say that I haven't been. Part of it is proper preparation. Yeah. So that you know what you're getting yourself into. 
And as you do these trips and go to these remote places, hopefully you're prepared enough that you don't find yourself in a position that you have to say, oh my gosh, what do I do now? So not really. I did a uh, trip for three days and two nights on a 42-foot boat about 120 miles off the coast of Costa Rica where we were staying out there. And we had a big storm come through one night, and it was huge seas. You know, let's call it uh, 14 to 16-foot seas. Wow. And, you know, at that point, you're out there by yourself in relatively small boat, and that's when you say, well, if things go bad, they're going to go really bad. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Carter, we've got to take a break. Can you stick around for a second part? Because we got a whole lot more to talk to you about. I can't wait. You bet. Hey, we've been talking with Carter Andrews, and, of course, he's the host of The Obsession of Carter Andrews. I thought that was aftershave lotion. It is. But anyhow, he's on Outdoor <laughs> Channel Saturdays at 10 o'clock Eastern Time. That's right, 10 a.m. Eastern Time. You have to watch it. This has been presented by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, World Fishing Network, and My Outdoor TV. Now, real quick, before we get to a break, Mr. Carter, to learn more about you, the obsession of Carter Andrews, your partner's upcoming episodes, everything about Season 7, where you're going to be, where can we find you online, buddy? The Obsession of Carter Andrews.com. That was easy enough. And also, listen, also, uh, my uh, Instagram is Carter Andrews Fishing and the Obsession of Carter Andrews on Facebook. You bet. Hey, more Carter Andrews right after this. Yo, yo, it's Travi Elk and the Cow Hunters. Is it true, Trav? You actually keep Michael Waddell's hair and make little dolls out of it? <laughs> what? <laughs> no? Who told you that? Oh, I did. Michael Waddell, you are my Justin Bieber! Michael Waddell, you are the greatest person! Michael Waddell, you are a famous hunter! Michael Waddell, I want to kidnap you! Mommy, I'm scared. Tie you up and put you in my trunk! Ah! It's Michael Waddell. Hey, everybody. This is Michael Waddell with Bone Collector Television on Outdoor Channel. You listen to my buddies, Jim and Trav, my all-time favorite podcast and radio show. Well, it's Vic. We got a dead body. There's a new sheriff coming to Outdoor Channel. What do you want? I'm Sheriff Longmire. I'm sure of the county. But justice never comes easy. I remember when I could count the number of murders in this county on one hand. He's going to kill us all, isn't he? Matter of fact, can help it. And even heroes need a second chance. Nothing surprised me anymore. Stand corrected. Longmire, Mondays at 9 p.m. on Outdoor Channel. Come see the Yamaha XTR line of ATV and side-by-side vehicles designed for conquering extreme terrain at YamahaOutdoors.com today. Proven off-road features include factory-installed worn winch, special edition paint with color-matched wheels, and aggressive terrain tires. The Yamaha XTR line. Realize your adventure today at YamahaOutdoors.com. ATVs are recommended only for use by those age 16 years and older. Yamaha recommends an approved training course. See your dealer or call 1-800-887-2887. ATVs can be hazardous to operate. Always protect the environment and wear your seatbelt, helmet, eye protection, and protective clothing. Read the owner's manual and the product Morning labels before operation. Sprinkle the best of Western flavors by ordering from High Mountain Seasonings at HIMTNJerky.com today. That's HIMTNJerky.com. 
It's the Revolution with Jim and Trav's Road Trip 2020. Feedback, questions, and suggestions always appreciated at JimandTrav.com. Now, once again, here's Carter Andrews, host of the Obsession of Carter Andrews on Outdoor Channel, Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern. Brought to you by Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's. Standing together for great gear, fair prices, expert service, and memorable experiences. Visit them at Cabela's.com and BassPro.com. Here's part two. Hey, we're back. If you're just joining us, you missed the very first part with old Carter Andrews talking about fishing really all over the world and being 400 miles off the coast of Chile. Making chili, probably. That's right. Uh, just now being joined part two, Carter Andrews. He is the host of The Obsession of Carter Andrews on Outdoor Channel, all new season seven, currently airing Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern time. Now, this time of year is really exciting, uh, Mr. Carter. You've got tarpon coming on. you got dolphin, dorado, mahi-mahi, whatever you want to call it. There's a lot of exciting things. What is your favorite thing to target domestically this time of year? You know, I'm living in Vero Beach, Florida now. And as spring comes along, we have a great beach fishery going on where we have tarpon that are migrating up and down the beach. We have cobia that are migrating up and down the beach. Um, the nearshore reefs have really, really good snapper fishing and grouper fishing this time of year. It's a little bit of everything. It's a nice mixed bag. And Depending on what the day and the weather is, you've got a lot of different opportunities. Yeah, well, I, I've noticed that, you know, a lot of your, uh, a lot of your fishing is, uh, you know, South America or Costa Rica or somewhere in the Caribbean, but then also there on the coast. And I'm talking about from Florida all the way around to Texas. But the thing is, you have to have so many different weights of rods and so forth to be able to go after the various species. How many rods do you take with you? That's pretty funny. On on a standard trip where I'm going to be fishing with multiple species, I usually have around 15 conventional rods, and then I'll throw in three or four fly rods as well. Mm. So close to 20 rods when I'm going somewhere. Now, uh, to read a quote, you said, I am really living the dream that a lot of people have. I travel, I fish, my passion is my job. How did you take fishing, something you were just literally consumed with? You are obsessed with it. How did you transition to where you are today? Like, where did all this start? I mean, it literally started for me growing up in Tennessee, and I was fishing the Harpeth River, and I was fishing the local farm pond. And once I got just that taste of fishing and you know, the unknown of what's going to be pulling on the end of my line, that started it all, and I kind of lost track of it for a little bit in college. I was casting for other things besides fish, but I eventually, <laughs> caught, Thus I, the I eventually caught, caught myself, and uh, and I got back into fishing, and I, I moved out to Wyoming, and I was a trout fishing guide in Wyoming, and then started doing destination travel with my clients, and uh, I met a dear friend of mine named Jose Wahebe, mm. who kind of took me under his wing and, and helped me through some things, and I was on a few TV shows with him, and one thing led to another, and now I've got my own show. So it was uh, just a progression, and staying focused, knowing what I wanted in the end, you know, ultimately, uh, and just never taking no for an answer. I just kind of kept growing and and fortunately I have a lot of fans. I had a lot of people that, you know, want to see these experiences and I enjoy sharing them with them. So 
every week I get to show people something new. Yeah. Well, it's uh, it seems like you have taken your craft to a whole new level of experience in professionalism. But the fact of the matter is, when you're out there in Wyoming and you're fishing uh, a river, you seem to think that you need to be very, very proficient at fly fishing as well as being on the Gulf Coast going for snook. I mean, they're both structure-oriented, and yet here we are. Uh, you've got a, a heavyweight rod for snook, and you've got a four-weight fly rod for uh, for trout. I'm glad you pointed that out because there are a lot of anglers in this world that are way better than I am. <laughs> but one thing that I've been able to do really well is I'm not the best at any one thing. But I'm really good at a lot of different things, from fly fishing to conventional, from bait to lure, freshwater, saltwater. I do it all. So there's not one thing I've focused on. I've just really enjoyed, you know, getting involved in all different aspects of fishing. Yeah, I mean, uh, anywhere from rooster fish in Panama to alligator gar in Venice, Louisiana. I mean, it, <laughs> it doesn't matter. If you could catch it, Carter, you're out there, dude. <laughs> you have been watching a lot of my- <laughs> I'm serious. I'm obsessed. He has the obsession of Carter Andrews. I am so obsessed with watching your show. And that's the neat thing is, there's a lot of places, like, I'm terrified to travel. But I love watching your show because it's so much fun and you highlight stuff that no other fishing show does. I mean, I appreciate that. And I think part of it is people like to go on that experience with me. They might not get to do it themselves, but I'm able to share that with them, uh, you know, through TV and, and social and digital media. Yeah. With your show and me being a couch potato, I got a full meal. That's right. <laughs> His life is complete. Yeah. Hey, we've been talking with Carter Andrews. He's the host of The Obsession of Carter Andrews on Outdoor Channel, Saturday mornings at 10 o'clock Eastern Time. That is right. 10 a.m. Eastern Time. All new season seven. You have to watch it. Uh, this has been brought to you by Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's. Stand together for great gear, fair prices, expert service, and memorable experience. Experiences. Visit them online at Cabela's.com and BassPro.com. Jimbo, who we got coming up next? Hey, coming up next is one of our buddies, Lee Lukoski from Crush with Lee Lukoski on Outdoor Channel, Sundays at 7.30 in the evening Eastern Time. Crush with Lee and Tiffany. Is that what it is? Yeah, forget Tiff. It's oh. important. All right, Mr. Carter, <laughs> dude, to learn more about you and, again, the obsession of Carter Andrews on Outdoor Channel, Saturdays, 10 a.m. Eastern Time, buddy. Where can we find you online? Instagram, it's it's Carter Andrews Fishing, the obsession of Carter Andrews on Facebook, and the obsession of CarterAndrews.com is my website. Those are words and to live by. I got one more thing to say. What's that? I can't believe that Lee is following me up. <laughs> oh, <boy. laughs> All right, Lee Lukoski is coming up next. Here's a word from Mrs. Bunny. Mr. Carter, man, we love you. Thanks so much for coming on, buddy. Thank you all very much. I always enjoy being with you all. Mrs. Bunny is Jackie Bushman's hero. Mentor is true obsession. She's a cool chick with a hot ass. Mrs. Bunny is brought to you by Bass Pro Shops and Cabela's. Land and Water Conservation Fund. 
Permanent funding for the Land and Water Conservation Fund may be achieved this year. Last week, Senate leaders and the Trump administration announced a deal that would allocate about $2.2 billion of spending per year on conservation and outdoor programs, public recreation programs, and national park maintenance across the country. The $2.2 billion would be divvied up to fully fund the Land and Water Conservation Fund and add $1.3 billion a year for deferred park maintenance. If approved by Congress and signed by President Donald Trump, said Senator Lamar Alexander, Republican from Tennessee, the bill would be the most significant conservation legislation enacted by Congress in nearly half a century. This is The Revolution with Jim and Trav, and this is Travis falling in a dumpster. Connect with the boys on social media and always at JimandTrav.com. Don't move. The Revolution will return right after these important messages. My Outdoor TV is now available on all your favorite devices. With the best hunting, fishing, and shooting shows ever made, it's the ultimate streaming service for real-life outdoor adventures. My Outdoor TV is packed with over 10,000 exclusive episodes, powered by Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel, and World Fishing Network. The leaders in outdoor entertainment. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. Start your free trial today. My Outdoor TV. Now, everywhere. Outdoor adventure and great eating go hand in hand with all of our High Mountain Seasonings jerky kits, snack and sticks, buckboard bacon, finishing sauces, rubs and shakers, marinades, and more. Go to HIMTNJerky.com or call 1-800-829-2285 today. Turn it back up again. Thanks for tuning into The Revolution with Jim and Trav's Road Trip 2020 show. What was that? A tease? Now, here's another two-part interview with Lee Lakoski, co-host of Crush with Lee and Tiffany on Outdoor Channel, Sunday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern, presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. My Outdoor TV at MyOutdoorTV.com. Here's part one. Hey, we're back. We're talking Road Trip 2020, spring and hunting and fishing. Yes. Hey, our next guest, they know all about that. They are the kings and queens of the outdoors. That is uh, Mr. Lee and Mrs. Tiffany Lakoski. They're the co-hosts of Crush with Lee and Tiffany on Outdoor Channel. You have to watch it every single Sunday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time, and you can always go back and crush any day uh, with the My Outdoor TV app. What is up, Mr. Lee, Mrs. Tiffany? How's it going? <laughs> going good. Hey guys, it's going good. Yeah, now now the thing is, it is the spring of the year, and this is a time Lee, you get out there and do a lot of, well actually Tiffany too, do a lot of things to prepare for the fall, right? Right, yeah, I wish we. I wish it wasn't raining out like it is right now, or I would be out doing it, <laughs> doing it now. It, just, it stinks because they're just getting dry enough that we're, you know, we've been burning and getting all our fields ready and hinge cutting and everything, and I've just you know, ceased Tractor starting to get in the fields and getting all pumped about it. Now it's just started raining at like three in the morning. It's supposed to rain all day. It's like where we need this rain in July. You know what though? We needed this rain now. Yeah, we. Did. It was very dry out. You know what, Lee? Yeah. You're a, you're you're a man after my own heart because Miss Tiffany was gone this past week and down there in Phoenix. Uh, you know, putting on a seminar. And I, I saw on social media you had your kids cleaning your tractor. That was the most amazing thing ever. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you got to put them to work. You got to put them to work. Yeah, fortunately, they like to do it too. To be honest, I yeah, we were out burning with them. It slowed me down a little bit, but not not too bad. We were out, you know, burning fields and and uh, I wasn't hinge cutting. It was last week, but not before. Not with them. It's a little bit dangerous for them. So since I had them by my side. But, and I was just getting the, my, my big tractors ready to start 
you know, tilling fields. I was hoping that maybe this rain would miss us or hold off. I mean, you wanted it to rain, but at the same time, hey, it's the first time, you know, fields are dry enough you can get in with the tractor. So it's like you're kind of chomping at the bit to get going. Yeah. Now, I was reading a, a really interesting article and it was talking about food plots uh, and kind of quoting you guys. You were talking about your, your regular food plots and then like your killing fields or your killing plots. When you're yep. setting up, you don't just hunt every single food plot, guys. I mean, you have specific food plots. You use the way you actually plant them. Everything is designed for hunting. And then your other plots, I mean, you don't go in those and you don't hunt in those, do you? Maybe late season. Some of them. I mean, the way that it works most of the time is like right now we have deer that we left and that made it through, found the sheds. Okay, this deer is probably going to be a superstar. This is likely going to be one that we're going to hunt. So you'll almost design a farm specifically around that deer. You know, like on the where, what part of the farm he's on. Okay, what's you know, we I want to make sure I got clover or or winter wheat, something good for early season, and plus they want a big corn or bean fields there. Um, you kind of design it around actually specific deer nowadays, but. You know, we have our big fields that, okay, we need those to hold deer. I mean, there's still at least hundreds of deer in those big fields right now, and you're picking up all the sheds. But a lot of times, you know, you you can bring in other deer from outside, you know, that don't live on your farm. You keep them in there. If, we can, if I can keep them in food plots until it's green up, a lot of times they'll just relocate. So, yeah, a lot of those we don't, the big ones, you know, we don't hardly hunt until maybe, maybe muzzleloader season or something like that. But there are. We have lots of food plots. Like 103 something different food plots, and I bet you half of them don't get hunted in a year. They're just, wow, you know, for, I mean, if a big one was in there, you'd likely hunt them, but a lot of times they're just, hey, let's just leave those alone and let deer be in there unless there's something specific that you're looking for. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, hunting sheds, I mean, now is the time of the year to get out there and do that. Also, uh, you can scout for turkey, but I saw a little video the other day of you and Cameron out uh, shed hunting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like. See, Tiffany's always like, yeah, you know, he looks like you, he acts like you, does everything. I said, see, Tiffany, he he it does have some of your traits, too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I've seen him climbing ladders of recent. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. He's just like mini Lee. You know, it's like sometimes I always think if you learn nothing else from us, from like his childhood so far, he's going to learn hard work and you know, like what we do, like from day to day. Yeah. Now, what would you say are like the most important benefits of spring and summer deer feeding programs? Do you have certain things you guys do throughout the year in each season when it comes to feed for the wildlife in the area or not really? Well, I do. And the thing is different here, like different, a lot of states that we can feed. And so that, I mean, with all the EHD outbreaks, I mean, that's what I've saved a lot of our deer just from feeding. And, you know, like I always tell people, it's, it's, you don't really feed them here because, you know, they don't have any food. It's Iowa. I mean, there's food everywhere. Yeah. But if I can get them to eat out of that, you know, we have the analogics maximizer pellets, and it's just to kind of prevent from keep them healthy enough because a lot of deer that get EHD can live through it. So I just, I started it back at, you know, hunting season was over on January 10th. And actually some of the farms that we were done hunting, we started feeding that even before the end of the year because we were done hunting those farms. So I started some of them in January even, but I want to keep them on that, you know, year round as much as possible. I mean, outside of hunting season anyway, 
to keep them from dying from EHD, and it's worked really good. I mean, you can tell because our neighbors, you know, uh, Jeff Probst called me and said, hey, we lost, he has a farm next to one of mine. And he said, we lost, you know, found 43 dead deer so far. I, I didn't find any. I mean, we went through this whole shed season, not a single dead one that we found. And all the ones that we had early on in those feeders and our food plots were still there. And, and we didn't lose any of them. So I know it's working. So I really, you know, you have all the food plots to make sure that you hold them on your property. And you, of course, you know, just all the beans and clover and alfalfa is high protein, but also that maximizer with corn and roasted soybeans and soy oil. I, a friend of mine, Aaron Gaines, made up the, you know, the formula and it changes for different times of the year. But just, you know, basically I'm looking at, you know, EHD is the thing that's really been hurting us in the last, you know, 10 or 15 years now. So that's what I'm really trying to combat with food plots and feeding and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Hey, we got to take a break. Can you stick around? Because we got a yeah. lot more things to ask you. Sure. Okay. Hey, we're talking with Lee and Tiffany Lukoski. They co-host Crush with Lee and Tiffany on Outdoor Channel. Sundays at 7.30 in the evening Eastern Time. That's right. 7.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Remember that, folks. Easter time. That's when you have to do it. All right, this has been presented by My Outdoor TV. Stream on your favorite device or download to watch anywhere, anytime. My Outdoor TV and MyOutdoorTV.com. Uh, now, Mr. Lee, Mrs. Tiffany, to learn more about you guys, uh, your partners, where you're going to be, social media, all that good stuff, where can we find you online? They crush.tv on any of the social media platforms. And I think the one appearance that we got this year, we're doing the Madison, Wisconsin show. I'm pretty excited about that. It's the first weekend in April. It's the first time we've ever done it. We've done so many, you know, deer classics all through the Midwest and East and South and everywhere. And for some reason, we've never been to the Madison, Wisconsin. So we're pretty pumped about doing that one. You bet. More Lee and Tiffany Lukoski right after this. Don't go anywhere. The Revolution with Jim and Trev. It's time to get interactive. JimandTrev.com. See us. Hear us. Touch us. Wait, what? No. Blogs. Expert advice. Buy your bust. And give us some feedback to let us know how we're doing. JimandTrav.com. Our web interface that's in your face. Hang on. The revolution will continue next. How would you like to save up to $500 on your next vacation package? Any vacation package anywhere in the world. Just call Superior Travel and mention the code RADIO and save up to $500. We'll design a custom, fantastic vacation just for you. With all the bells and whistles. Not some cookie-cutter vacation, but a unique, all-included vacation customized by one of our exclusive travel experts. And our service is completely free. You pay nothing more. So why waste your time? Let us do it for you. We've got over 100 years of travel experience to help Help create the perfect trip for you. Call now and learn how to save up to $500 on your next custom vacation. Pick up the phone, call Superior Travel, and use the code word RADIO. 800-570-9631. 800-570-9631. That's 800-570-9631. Road Trip 2020. Spring hunting and fishing is on the revolution with Jim and Trav. It makes you hot, makes you laugh, makes you think. Now, let's get back to Lee Lakoski co-host of Crush with Lee and Tiffany on Outdoor Channel, Sunday, 7.30 p.m. Eastern. Brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings. Visit them to spice up your wild game cuisine at himtnjerky.com. This is part two. 
Hey, we're back. We're talking road trips 2020. That's spring hunting and fishing time. And, of course, before the break, we had old Lee and Tiffany Lukoski. They co-host Crush with Lee and Tiffany on Outdoor Channel. Sundays at 7.30 in the evening Eastern time. Watch their show, and if you don't, you're a bad person. That's what you're I said. You're a communist. You're a communist. <laughs> you're a communist. The internet is going to go on fire. They're so funny. Is it really true that because of the Iowa caucus, you had a uh, insurgence of... The Bluetooth or the blue uh, Bluetooth Bluetooth blue tongue. Bluetooth. You have connectivity, is what Jim's saying. I don't know. Where's that? The brightest crayon in the box. Where's this going? All right, one thing I want to talk to you about, uh, guys, which I think is really interesting. You and Greg Ritz have kind of featured this a lot, and pretty much no one else is. Um, when it comes to thermal cover and managing your woods and stuff like that. I, I find it very interesting because everyone has been so focused on food plots and providing nutrition, but giving them sanctuary, a place to go, a place in those cold months, you know, to stay warm, also to hide from predators is just as important, if not more, isn't it? Yeah, and especially now, like we were just talking about EHD on the last segment, like I was saying, with feeding the that maximizer pellets and the corn and roasted soybeans, the mixtures that we have, we've really been able to save a lot of them. But if they don't live on your property, you know, throughout most of the year, they just come over for the rut or something like that. It doesn't help you at all. Like I said, you could see like all the neighbors' deer. You normally depend on other old bucks coming from other places, and none of them did this year. So we really start working now on. You know, this we started this like five years ago. Like I said, the thermal cover and just, and just cover in general. We, we spent so many years just thinking about food and nutrition and we never kind of, we kind of left out, you know, our timber and, and, and even our CRP and grass fields. And now you start seeing that you need to keep as many deer on your place as possible just to kind of keep them on your, on that feed and stuff to kind of keep them alive. Um, so it was kind of the two parts, you know, if you, once you've got the food part down, we're like, okay, we got to start. You know, working on our timber and hinge cutting and keeping it, you know, thickening that up and our CRP grasses. That was, you know, most of the CRP when we took it over was just in brome grass and stuff, which is kind of a wildlife wasteland. It doesn't really do anything. So you're starting to, you know, change that all over and getting it into switch and blue stems and, you know, a lot taller thermal cover and, and just in just cover in general. I mean, most of our CRP fields are in brome and it's, you know, knee high and some deer don't really lay in that and, you know, they might at night, but not, not during the day, they don't feel safe, and they need something that stands up to snow in winter and stands tall. And then even in our timber, you know, with all those treetops down the ground that they feel safe laying in there without it being wide open. So the more deer we can hold on our property that are eating our eating our feed for EHD and you know trying to keep them as healthy as possible, that's just more bucks that we're going to save. Because it seems like the ones that you know don't live on us just in past years just aren't coming back. Like yeah. they're just they're just too susceptible to EHD, and it's always the older deer too that just that don't show up. So it really become more important than ever right now working on having your farm the complete farm, not just food plots, but everything about it. So yeah, it's been really dealing with that for the last five six years. Start putting more focus on the, into that, or as much as we do on food plots. You're talking about EHD, Mister Lee. Do you see this tapering off? Do you see it becoming a much bigger issue? And do you think there's going to be some kind of breakthrough? Is there anything you heard of on the horizon uh, that, you know, states are going to be able to implement to curtail this? Because I know like in Nebraska and stuff, it's been terrible of recent. Um, is there anything like that? And, and, and what is your take on EHD? 
Well, I think you, I, I don't, I don't see it tapering off. I, you know, it sounds to me like it's just like different strains are always, you know, mutating and stuff all the time. Like he said, you never saw it here. It was something that happened on the Milk River, you know, on the river bottoms out in Montana and, and places, you know, for time I started deer hunting up until about 2010 when we started getting it here. And now it's just, it's just every year. It's like depending on the weather. And I don't know if it's just weather conditions are changing, if it's getting, you know, it seems like everything is this more extreme. It's either extremely dry or extremely wet. And, and that can happen two or three times over a year's period. So I don't know if it's, you know, the weather that's done it or what it, what has been. And I've heard of there's some things that are coming that could really be good. And I can't really say what it is yet, but because people are working on it, we have like NDAs on it. So, you know, every, a lot of people are working on it. I think there's stuff coming, but then it'll come down to the states and what you can do because, uh, you know, there's stuff that you can do feeding wise, but let's face it, in most states you can't feed. So, you know, we'll see what happens on it, but, uh, you know, there's definitely things in the works to cure that, but, you know, whether you know, the state will let you feed it or not is, I guess, remains to be seen, but it's definitely, I mean, for me, it's, it's been devastating. It's nothing like it used to be, even shed hunting. Like we just kind of finished up our shed season, kind of looked for everything. We probably, you know, you find about maybe half of what we did, in, you know, in past years. Really? And... Yeah, I mean, there's a time, you know, back, you know, in like the 2000 to 2008, we would have so many mature bucks. I mean, yeah. I, I was, t- we'd have like 50, you know, and I couldn't ha- get enough people to, to draw tags in Iowa to, you know, to shoot any of them. So we, a lot of those would just make it through and you, you had deer that were like seven, eight, nine, ten years old. Oh. And then like in the worst time, like around 2015, we had like six to seven bucks that I thought were, were over five years old. And that's kind of remained. I mean, each year you probably, you know, some years like we didn't have it bad last year or, or the year before this past one. So, you know, you you start getting up, okay, we're starting to get some older ones. And then this year again, boom, you know, we didn't really lose many on ours, but you don't, you know, there's only so many that just live on yours. You rely on so many of them coming in from neighboring properties and stuff and just nothing came in. All we had this entire year where there are, where our home deer, all the rest of them around us died. So, you know, it's just never really been the same really since 2012 or 2011. And I, I don't know. I just don't really see it changing. I think you're going to have to. I think it's just the new normal now. You bet. Hey, we've been talking with Lee Lukoski. He and Tiffany are co-hosts of Crush with Lee and Tiffany on our channel Sundays at 730 Eastern Time. That's right. This has been brought to you by High Mount Seasonings. Visit them online to spice up your wild game cuisine at HIMTNJerky.com. Again, Mr. Lee, Mrs. Tiffany, to learn more about you guys, find you online. And again, uh, where are you going to be in Wisconsin in April? Where can we find you online, buddy? Crush.tv. Ah. <laughs> or Instagram, Facebook. Facebook, obviously, Twitter, all over. Yeah, and then the Madison uh, Deer and Turkey Expo. Deer and Turkey Expo. I'm pretty excited about that one because I've heard about it, but we've never been there before. So, All right, we got to get to a break. Mr. Lee, Mrs. Tiffany, thank you guys so much for coming on. We love you guys. Wow, thank Thanks you for, for having us, you guys. Mrs. Bunny is here to give you a spatula spanking. Mrs. Bunny is brought to you by High Mountain Seasonings. Smoking wild turkey jerky. Get out and bag a gobbler this spring and make a kickin' batch of turkey jerky with the breasts. Here's how. Cut your cleaned and trimmed wild turkey breasts into quarter-inch slices cutting with the grain. Weigh the meat and then apply the correct amount of turkey bourbon blend jerky cure and seasoning mixture from High Mountain Seasonings. Place the turkey strips into a plastic bag and refrigerate for at least 24 hours. Prep your grill and smoker for a low and slow cook. You want to maintain a low 180 to 225 temperature depending on the kind of cooker you're using. 
Remove the turkey from the refrigerator and place the pieces directly on the grates and smoke for two to four hours or until the jerky is chewy but still has some bend and elasticity. Finally, remove from the smoker and store in an airtight container or well-sealed plastic bag. Travis's beard holds ancient secrets of the outdoors. And some venison jerky, too. Connect with the boys on social media and always at JimandTrav.com. Stick around. The revolution will continue right after these messages. Introducing the new Yamaha XTR line of ATV and side-by-side vehicles, specifically designed for conquering extreme terrain. Now available at YamahaOutdoors.com. All XTR models are adventure-ready and come standard with exclusive off-road features like a factory-installed worn wench, special edition paint with color-matched wheels, and aggressive terrain tires. These special edition models include the Grizzly XTR, the Wolverine X2 XTR, the Wolverine X4 XTR, and the YXZ 1000R SS XTR, plus the entire XTR line features Yamaha's reputation for durability and reliability and are assembled in the USA. See the new XTR line today at YamahaOutdoors.com. The Yamaha XTR line, designed and built for unmatched proven off-road capability so you can realize your adventure. ATVs are recommended only for use by those age 16 years and older. Yamaha recommends an approved training course. See your dealer or call 1-800-887-2887. ATVs can be hazardous to operate. Always protect the environment and wear your seatbelt, helmet, eye protection, and protective clothing. Read the owner's manual and the product warning labels before operation. The Revolution with Jim and Trav present Real Men of the Outdoors. Real Men of the Outdoors. Today we salute you, Mr. Jim. Look who it is, it's Jim. With his endless supply of Tommy Bahama outfits, safari hats, and sandals. What were you thinking? I was going to change my name to Tommy Bahama. You think it looks natural, but it couldn't look weirder. Unless maybe it had a propeller. Oh, look at the freak! I do have new shorts. <laughs> well, I got Hollywood legs. I, I like to wear shorts and a t-shirt when I record. Do you know that I have barbecue sauce on my knuckle? Yeah, I did lick it off. So once again, we salute you, oh grandpappy of the outdoors, Mr. Jim. I don't know if it was from yesterday or last week. It's the grandpappy of the Hit the road, Buster. This is where you get off. Well, that's a wrap of this week's Revolution with Jim and Trav. We're running out of time. Don't forget to drop us some feedback at JimandTrav.com. Hey, we had a great show this week. We took a road trip 2020, and we had old Carter Andrews on, also Tom Somerville with Ford, and Lee and Tiffany Likoski. Plus Mrs. Bunny. Fun and, bun. And Mrs. Bunny. Fun show, guys. Fun show, and you are awesome, Bunny. Thank you. Thank we you love very much. you. You're a great American. Woohoo! Jimbo, what would you like to say? Drink Corona and don't get the flu. Yeah. <laughs> uh, just get outdoors. Recreate. Do it together as a family. That is what's truly important, boys and girls. We got to get to a break. We will return next week. Peace out. God bless you. Also, uh, USA, you're the absolute best. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Variety Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericavariety.com. 
The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 